Welcome to the Mind Body Breakthroughs Podcast, where we bring you amazing guests on the cutting edge of science, health, and business each week to share strategies you can use to get the breakthrough that you are looking for in your life. I am your host, Chris Donahue, and with me is my co-host, Dr. Nevada Gray. We're so glad that you're joining us today, and we'd like to invite you to join our free, private Facebook community, Mind Body Breakthroughs. The views expressed on the Mind Body Breakthroughs podcast are the opinions of the hosts and guests and are not to be taken as medical advice, as the hosts and guests do not provide medical care. Information provided is for educational purposes only. You should consult your medical provider in relation to your personal health and prior to making any changes in your diet or fitness. Big John is an incredible man with a big heart and a bigger personality. After a life-changing experience, John decided to take massive action to take control of his health, lose weight, and overcome a lifelong food addiction. Inspired by the real-life story of Angus Barbieri, a Scottish gentleman who completed a 382-day medically supervised fast, going from 456 down to 180 pounds, and keeping the weight off for the rest of his life. Big John recently completed a 150-day fast with the oversight of his doctor. He chronicled the entire journey on his very popular YouTube channel, The Fasting Fat Man. Extended fasting carries risk and should be carried out with the oversight of a qualified health professional. We are excited for you to hear Big John's story. Big John, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today, brother? I am doing fantastic, and thanks for having me. Welcome. We're so happy you're here. Happy to be here. So you just completed a 150-day fast. Yes. We want to hear all about it. I fasted, uh, okay, um, let me start at the beginning. I started um, an intermittent fasting regimen on uh, December 11th, three-week intermittent fasting regimen with a uh, four-hour eating window. And the reason for that was to get my mind and body ready for the fast. Now, the reason I went with the fast is um, um, I had an experience uh, that, that kind of changed my life, that really shifted my whole way of thinking about myself and uh, my health. Um, I was in the living room, and my son at the time uh, he was he wasn't a year yet. He was still crawling, and he tried to crawl into the kitchen. And I was sitting on the couch. I tried to get up to stop him, and I couldn't get up. My legs was weak, even propping myself up like I normally do to get off the couch. It was just hard. I had become that heavy. I had become that guy, the one who could who if I allowed it to continue would end up sitting on the couch for like five years, you know? So um, I, I managed to get up and stop him, but then my mind started, you know, going in different directions. It was like, you know, what if I'm carrying him one day to change his diapers and then I have a heart attack, fall on him, and then, you know, here we are both dead and my wife comes home to this horror. Or what if I die and, and you know, and he's, he's left alone to fend for himself for hours until my wife come home. So I wanted to make a change uh, based on that because I realized that I had one foot in the grave 
and I wouldn't live long enough to even see him graduate kindergarten. So I started um, researching that day on YouTube, like different ways to lose uh, weight quickly, you know, um, because literally I felt like it was impending. Like you can't do this slow. You're going to die. Like it's an overwhelming feel, um, feeling. And what's weird is later on that day when my wife came home, she said, um, um, babe, I'm going to uh, uh, start a raw diet and I would like you to join me. Now, here go the thing. Eventually, when I could talk my wife into coming in front of the camera, you'll see she's a small woman. You know, she's not big. You know, what I mean, she put on a little something when the baby was born, but she's not obese or anything like that. You see, so she doesn't need to diet. Her her telling me that was just her way to get me to diet. You see, when you're um, fat, obese, people who love you, who try to tell you um, you need to do something about your weight, you tend to snap at them. Oh, I got it under control. You lose your temper. And and she's gone through that so many times that she came about it a roundabout way. Like, hey, look, you know, you're getting big. I want you to lose weight. But she came at it like, look, I'm going to do this diet and I want you to know if you want to do it with me. But me, being that I had that experience earlier with my son, I took it as a sign from God as confirmation that, you know what, you are going to die if you stay this size. He just confirmed it through your wife because out the blue, she's never asked me to go on a diet with her. So. Um, again, I, I kept researching, researching. I came across, um, first I came across a bunch of YouTubers who, um, who did fasting, but then I came across Angus Barbieri and he more reflected my situation because Angus started fasting at 456 pounds. He fasted for 382 days and got down to 180 pounds. So when I seen that, I was I was like, okay, you know what? I want to do that, but how in the hell can this man possibly fast for 382 days? How do you deal with starvation every day? Like, I don't believe anyone is mentally that powerful. Like, there has to be something to it. So further research, I learned that, you know, the, uh, the hunger aspect is only the first few days of fasting. So I figured, oh, you know what, I could, you know, if I only got to go four or five days of hunger, I could do it. Then upon retrospect, I'm like, no, the way I'm eating every single day, I there's no way I could just jump into a fast. I'll fail because I might be able to do one day. The second day, the hunger gonna, the hunger is going to get me. I'm going to run to McDonald's. So what I did was I decided to go on an intermittent fasting regimen. Now, I did intermittent fasting before. I tried it. I tried an eight-hour window. Because I had learned about intermittent fasting and, you know, the whole slogan about it's not what you eat, it's when you eat. So in my eight-hour window, doing intermittent fasting for probably about a month, I ate like a pig. I, I had fast food, pizza, you name it. Now, the only thing that I did do was it was all within my eight-hour window. When that eight-hour window closed, I stopped completely. Then I spent the, <laughs> I spent the other... <laughs> 16 hours just contemplating what I'm going to eat when my eight-hour window opened up again. Like, the addict in me just cared about that. So, um, so naturally, I didn't really lose a lot of weight. I ended up um, gaining a little bit. But then when I stepped on the scale and realized what I had gained in that month of eating the way I did, I realized, you know what? Intermittent fasting does work. If I ate normally, I would have lost weight. Because the way I ate, I should have been at least 40, 50 pounds heavier. 
So I knew it worked, and I was like, I'm going to go back to it. But, of course, you know, the the obese addict in me just put it off, put it off, put it off, and kept eating, kept eating, got bigger. So now when I wanted to fast, I'm like, okay, I should do an eight-hour window again. Then I thought, I'm like, no, eight hours is not going to be good enough if I'm going to go uh, 24 hours without food. Let me shrink it to a four-hour window, fight that, you know, because my body's getting some food. And then by the time I get into fasting, my body would be used to uh, 20 hours a day of fasting. So that's pretty much what I did. Um, December 11th, I started my intermittent fasting regimen. And then January 2nd, I slipped to the full fast. And true to form, the first two days of the full fast, I wasn't hungry. I didn't get hungry until day three and day four. And even when I got hungry on day three and day four, it was within my uh, eating window. By the fifth day, there was absolutely no hunger. And I and it's a weird feeling, too, because it's like, I don't know if, if you guys have fasted, but it's this feeling of satiety. Like, you're not full. You're not empty. It's kind of like you're between lunch and dinner. You had a little snack to hold you over. And that's how I felt 24-7. So for 150 days, I was able to do it. Of course, I took nutritional supplements, my electrolytes, to you know, to make sure everything is, uh, is is proper. My wife taught me to let my doctor in on it so he could monitor me, which was the best thing that I could do too because with the blood test, he was able to let me know my ketones. He was able to let me know, like for instance, one time my iron was a little low, so he let me know and I got supplements for the iron. So being monitored helped me know that I was doing right. My body wasn't suffering any adverse reaction from the fast. And that's why I was able to go 150 days. Now, primarily why I fasted was um, to break the food addiction like Angus. I mean, the weight loss, of course, was a fringe benefit. Absolutely. But primarily, I wanted to get over the food addiction because I've lost a lot of weight in the past and I always gain it back because I never got over the addiction and the way I'm eating. I'm, I feel confident that I have now and... And and that's also one of the reasons why I'm doing OMAD for life, because OMAD is not something my body's used to. I felt that if I came off the fast and went back to eating three meals a day, like I could instantly spontaneously uh, regress where like one day I'm eating a nice, healthy breakfast and the next day I'm going to McDonald's and I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, I've lost the weight already. But OMAD makes it totally different because I have this small window of time to eat. I plan my meals carefully. I make sure it's very nutritious and pretty much it's impossible to overeat in that time. And then I have the fringe, the extra benefit of um, of shrinking my stomach as if I had the gastric bypass from fasting 150 days. Whereas now it doesn't take much to fill me. Like, you know, I could have like two boiled eggs and I'm stuffed. So that's another wonderful um, aspect of it. And also... In the beginning, when I first started refeeding, I wasn't even getting that much calories in. I tried, even with the broth. Like, I would get so full, but I didn't push it because I don't want to expand my stomach. I like what I'm doing. But the best thing about it is, despite that, I've never been hungry. I haven't been hungry since the third and fourth day of the fast, which is a wonderful thing because hunger also plays a role in my addiction and, 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 and the obesity. And the fact that I'm not hungry and food is never on my mind is a wonderful combination. I really love your approach um, when you first started this to re redevelop a relationship with food, um, how you started out slow. And my question to you is, 
What did your doctor think of this uh, when you first started fasting? And how did you get your doctor on board uh, to help you with this? Well, well, this is the thing. Like, when I started fasting, I didn't tell my doctor anything. I was about 45, 50 days in before I finally, because um, before I wasn't going to tell my doctor nothing. I was just going to go for checkups and, you know, have them, you know, like draw blood. It's my wife who insisted that if, if, if I wanted her to, to, to stay on and support this, I needed to make sure I was monitored because she was worried about my health. You know, she didn't want anything adverse to happen to me while I was fasting. So it wasn't like I asked my doctor for, for permission. I just pretty much told him, like, look, I've been fasting X amount of days. This is how much weight I lost. I need you to monitor me to let me know if I'm approaching any type of dangerous situations or anything like that. Pretty much, I just instructed him. I didn't ask him for permission or anything. As far as he was concerned, I was fasting regardless. Right. And that, you know, that is exactly what Alex Barbieri did as well, you know, as you know. Or Angus, I'm sorry. Yeah, Angus, exactly. Angus was like, I'm going to fast whether you sign on or not. And they decided, you know what, we might as well monitor him. It's a great case study. Right. And he did, of course, for those that don't know, 382 days. And yeah, I, you know, the entire experience, I'm sure, John, is just, you know, confirmed what, you know, what I think you knew and a lot of us know inside that we are carrying all kinds of meals on us. You know, yes. we've got a lot of energy. Yeah. I know I was up over 500 pounds and there was tons and tons of meals that had never been processed. They were stuffed, stuffed into an adipose you know, sell and hey, I'll get to you one day, maybe. And, you know, uh, through things like the ketogenic diet, OMAD, carnivore diet, fasting, we're able to unlock metabolically those fat stores. And uh, but I mean, I'm sure it it was just a liberating experience to know that your body was plenty fed. I mean, you had energy during this time. You were able to continue with all of your daily functions. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Um, it, I, in one of my videos, I explained because I had a, a person write in the comment section how they tried to fast for um, for for thirty or forty days and ended up with problems with their kidneys and this that. But the thing is, the person was like hundred and twenty pounds, you uh, know. And 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 I explained to you know, I'm like, listen, like you know, me at 530 pounds, I'm built for fasting. My body's like a nuclear power plant of energy. You know, all this fat is stored for a rainy day. And once I started fasting, it was a tsunami out there. So my body was readily supplied to burn it. You can't have no fat and decide you're going to fast because, you know, I mean, that's some, that's anorexia. That's something totally different. If you're already in shape and you're fasting and it's not for spiritual reasons because you feel that you need to lose weight, then you need something else. Because you can't compare your fast at 120 pounds with mine at 530 pounds. That's ridiculous. Right, right. Yes, absolutely. So one of the questions I have for you is, when you were fasting, what are some of the barriers that you came across as far as the food addiction and cravings? And how did you handle those when they came about? Well, here go the thing, right? Um, when I started fasting, like, you know, it was easier for me because I had developed this philosophy where I told myself, 
my body is the one thing in the universe I have absolute control over. I don't have control over my 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 um my family. I don't even have control over my son at a certain age. But my body is the one thing, like forget outside environment or anything like that. You have something like 98% control of your body and the other 2% is like internal things like cancer and stuff like that, that you can't control. And to be realistic, if you're one of those shaman meditating Tibetan types, you could control that too. So I developed that philosophy that like, um, especially when it came to food. Um, the other thing I would say, because I would smell food and be tempted and I would say, look, you know what? That food is going to taste exactly the same when you finish the fast. There's nothing different about it. It's the same food you've been tasting all your life. It's not like Martians came down with this special Martian cuisine that you are never going to taste again if you don't get off this fast. So stick with something stick with something that you've never done and leave the same old, same old for later because it makes no sense. For, for you to stop doing what you're doing over the same mundane taste is, is stupid. So when you would have the smell of the food and so the craving for the food, you would just talk yourself up in your mind out of. Pretty much. I didn't, I didn't move yeah. from it or anything. It's just something that I was determined like, look, you know, because at first I started out, I'm going to do, I just need to get past seven days. If I do seven days. And I don't feel up to it. I could start eating again. And each month I'll do seven days. I lose weight that way. The seven days came and went. And I'm like, you could do 10. Then you could do 30. I mean, I, you know, once I did the 30, I just kept on telling myself, do another 30 days. So when it came to the food, it was always like, well, do this 30 days. And you could always have it later after the refeeding. And pretty much that put my mind at ease. But the, the 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 hunger right the actual hunger goes away after about four or five days but the mental the mental side of it that goes away after about twenty some odd days like by the time I hit my first thirty days like after that I didn't have any temptation from smells or anything like that it was just like I stayed focused on doing the fast like I just it was a mission let me do this job first and I could eat later then at around maybe. Because one of the things I used to do, my wife pointed out, is I would watch um, the different cooking cooking shows on YouTube. Now, I would watch it because I did settle on um, doing um, Keto Omad when I finished. So I told her, like, yeah, you know, I'm researching it. I want to learn all about um, keto cooking and what's good, what's not. You know, you know me, I'm a researcher. And she said, no, what it is, is it's food porn to you. You're an addict, and this is just your way of keeping food alive in your mind. And I'm like, no, that's nonsense. But she's pretty much right. Because after about, like, I guess, like, 75, 78 days or something like that, I even stopped watching those. And, like, the thought of food just never really hit my mind. Then there was a point in the fast where it was like I was afraid to eat again. Where, like, I didn't look forward to eating. Where I kept telling myself, like, maybe you should just fast all the way down like Angus. You know? Like, you know, like, food became something that I was afraid to even reintroduce to myself. Because I so feared the idea of getting addicted again because it, because I felt at that point I broke my addiction. But, you know, I couldn't fast forever. There was some point I had to stop, you know. And at the point where, like, you know, days go by and I don't think about food, I don't think about what I'm going to eat when I get off the fast, I realized that I got that out of my system. So then it was time to uh, to stop the fast and start a new paradigm 
in terms of uh, my relationship with food. How did you learn to trust yourself again with food after you realized that you had the fear of reintroducing food with the fast? How, when did you know that you could trust yourself? I, I actually, it's, it's, it's because I, I went 150 days. It's because I was willing to go 180 days, 220 days. It's because like, I knew I could fast indefinitely that food no longer had a hold over me. Like I, you know, like in the beginning of the fast, I look forward to the end of the 30 days so I could have a nice uh, prime rib, you know? After 60 days, it was like, okay, you know what? When I refeed, I'm going to have some bone broth. I'm going to put eggs in it. 90, 120, 150 days, I didn't think about those things at all. Like it just didn't, you know, it didn't even click to me in terms of like what I'm going to have later or anything like that. It's just like, okay, when you come off, um, what's the safest way to make sure you don't suffer from refeeding sickness or refeeding edema. It was more of the health aspect of eating and not so much the taste of food or anything like that. You know, so, you know, me and my wife, we discussed it every 30 days, uh, whether I should continue. And even at 150, I'm like, I got another 30 days in me. And she's like, yeah, but do you need another 30 days? Because, you know, one of the things I wanted to do was get back to the gym, lift weights, build muscles in order to burn fat. And the thing is, when you're in a full fast, you can't lift weights. I mean, you could do like I did like cardios. I would walk for about 45 minutes to an hour. I would come home. I would do a Biggest Loser DVD. You know, that's that's low impact. I did that. But as far as like lifting heavy weights, I couldn't do it because where am I going to pull the protein from to rebuild the muscles? You know, I would be taxing my body too much. And I was anxious to get back to the gym. So at 150, I, you know, we decided like, you know what? OK, you could start the refeeding. And start hitting the gym. And it's a good thing I did too, because I come to find out later that because going into 150, I had gone about, I would say about eight weeks without any kind of bowel movements. And I come to find out that, and I wasn't worried about it because Barbieri, like he went like, like two, three months at a time without bowel movements. But I came to find out after the fast that I had a fecal impaction, you know? Now, that fecal impaction kind of like put the kibosh on a lot of things I wanted to do um, all through the month of June. It didn't clear out until July 4th. Um, but like all through the month of June, during the refeeding and everything, it's like, you know, I was I, I was seeing the, the, the doctor. I was um, taking enemas. I was taking all type of things that made it impossible for me to go to the gym because you don't want to be on a treadmill and all of a sudden you feel you have to go. So now you run into the bathroom like you're being chased by Freddy Krueger and boom, you don't make it brown out, you know? So pretty much that put the kibosh on what I plan on doing. I didn't start working out until um, after the 4th of July. Wow. And, you know, I, I do appreciate, John, that you, you know, you were so thoughtful and careful. I know even watching some of your videos, it, it was a team decision with your wife. You consulted with your doctor. And certainly as a disclaimer, you know, we want to encourage everyone listening. You know, this is not something that you you don't go into an extended fast lightly. It's something that you need to be very mindful and very careful about. Um, but it does it does have a role. And for some people and some conditions, it is, you know, it's the oldest healing modality is just letting your body uh you know, clear out old cells, autophagy, uh, apoptosis. 
I think uh, a lot of our listeners are going to be curious some some of the other benefits that you experience besides the uh, you know the massive weight loss. What other what other things did you notice after 150 days? What other things cleared up for you? Well, something that cleared up immediately, um, really after about uh, the first 30 40 days was. I used to be on uh, blood pressure medication. I took a Nalapril, uh, 10 milligrams, to control my blood pressure, which is not something that I had all my life. It's just something that developed in uh, 2015. And um, through the fast, I was able to get my blood pressure down to normal. Another thing I had was sleep apnea, um, you know, where I had to uh, sleep with a CPAP mask and sound like Darth Vader all night, and I had to sleep on my back. And I don't sleep with a mask anymore. I could, you know change change positions and everything like that you know and i sleep like a baby with no problem even my wife because my wife was the first one who noticed the uh the apnea because she would say sometimes i would stop breathing at night and then i would just like <gasps> out of the blues and stuff so i went to a sleep specialist and found i had apnea and i and i wore the cpap machine for like close to two years you know before um the fast got rid of it altogether. And now she hears me sleep and it's just the regular snores. There isn't, you know, and even the snore is not like it used to be. Before it used to be like a freight train. Now it's like a little rhythmic snore once in a while if I'm changing positions like normal people, you know. Um, the other thing is um, my lower feet, the circulation was, was, was terrible in my lower leg. It started to get darker. I had um, something called pit and edema. Like when you push, push down on the skin, it just kind of stays in the in the same uh, the same indentation from your finger, and that's cleared up too. I don't have any more. I could you know push down on my thing, and there isn't any pitting edema or anything, and it starts to lighten up. So I think the circulation in my lower leg is getting better from the fast also. And there's the you know the non-scale victories like just going, you know I was you know in December I was looking at seven X shirts to buy for Christmas. And now I got three X shirts that are very baggy on me, and I got some two X shirts that fit me. You know, um, I could stay from a standing position. I could tie my shoes. I could cross my leg and tie my shoes on a chair. You know, I could sit in the doctor's office. Like before, when I used to go to the doctor, there's like like one big chair, I guess, for either couples to sit in or morbidly obese people to sit in. And pretty much, I had to get that chair because. In the regular chairs, I really couldn't fit. Like, I had to kind of just put my butt on the edge and kind of lean forward because the love handles can't fit in the arm places. And now I just sit back and lean and listen to my, you know, to, to my headphones with no problem. So, you know, those type of things. Uh, the the seatbelt in my wife's car, when, when she used to drive me, it wouldn't close on me. I had to, like, because New York got the seatbelt law, so I had to, like, hold it with my hand. So if any cops see us drive by, it looks like I got a seatbelt on, but I can never clasp it. Now I clasp it. There's room. I can move forward. So, you know, the, the, the little things in life, you know, that uh, that that as you get bigger, you just kind of find ways to adapt to, um, you know, like, you know, it's, you know, I, I got to the point where I couldn't just sit down and wipe myself after a bowel movement. I had to stand up. I just adapted. I got to a point where standing up wasn't enough. I had to move to a wall and push my arm against the wall to be able to reach back there. I adapted. You know, the other day, you know, I'm using the bathroom, about to stand up. It's like, hey, wait a minute, you're not that guy anymore. And I was able to just sit down and do it normally like everyone else, you know? So these are, you know, the little things and the big things that just like, as you get smaller, 
you really start to get into yourself. Like, how did you allow yourself to get like this? All these warning signs that was there that you just kept ignoring, 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 ignoring. Like, when was it going to stop? If I didn't have my son, would I be one of those people that's laying on the bed? You know, like, depending on people to bring me food and stuff. You know, that's, it just, you know, small, big victories. Everything's just been fantastic. That's awesome. Well, John, I could definitely relate, uh, you know, to your story. I was up over 500 pounds, experienced all the same things that, you know, that you're describing today. And it's, it's tough. You know, the, the, the pain of obesity is a very real thing and it creates so much, you know, social anxiety. I mean, you know, I know, you know, you know, you get invited to a wedding. It's like, I, I, I'm not going to fit on that little folding chair. I think it's going to snap like, a, like some sticks, you know. It's funny you should mention that, like my son's baptism. And mm. that should have been a cause for change. We go to the baptism and all the fathers are there and they're wearing suits. You know, they look in immaculate in their suits. I couldn't get a suit to fit me. I had to come there in a big shirt. You know what I'm saying? That I couldn't even tuck in because when I tuck it in, I look even bigger. And like, you know, I'm sitting there and my wife's a trooper. She's handling it, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, she deserves better. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, all these guys are going up there in their Sunday best. And here I am in a big pink shirt without even a tie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you did something about it. You took, you took charge of your life. You took charge of your health. You are to be commended. And, you know, this, this show is all about breakthroughs. It's all about finding that thing for us. You know, for me, it was the carnivore diet. It was the key to unlock all of my, you know, metabolic issues. And, uh, you know, fasting and some of these other things, it's like, you know, we have to be willing to think outside the box, to go against, you know, the conventional wisdom. Uh, I, I'm sure you had... You know, everyone telling you how you're going to die and, you know, and it was so unhealthy and, and wish you well, you know, I'll see you at the funeral. I mean, I, we get that just eating carnivore. Oh, you're just yes. eating meat. Yes. You know, the, the dreaded you'll be dead in 60 days of a heart attack, you know, so yes. how did you, how did you deal with, with all of that? How did you deal with the, with the naysayers? Well, the, the naysayers primarily was from the comment section because there's only one person in my family other than my wife and her mother who knew I was doing an extended fast. And that's my cousin, um, Fritz, um, who had recently moved down here from uh, Germany. Um, and I told him, and you know, because we grew up, even though he's my cousin, we were like brothers growing up, you know? So I told him, and what's weird is I didn't even tell my own brother, my blood brother, you know? And the only reason I didn't tell him is not so much that we're not close, but like he's a mama's boy and I just didn't want him to tell my mom because my mother's a retired nurse and um, she wouldn't have looked at fasting as something healthy. And she's along in age. So I didn't want her to spend all that time while I'm fasting worrying every day. Oh my God, he's killing himself. He's killing myself. I didn't want to put that stress on her. So in order to keep that away from her, I kept that away from everybody in my family except for Fritz, who I knew is like a steel trap. He's not telling anybody. But the naysayers primarily came from the comment section. Like people would come on, oh, this guy will be dead within 30 days and you're going to die and things like that. But the thing is, like that didn't affect me negatively. The trolls on, on, on YouTube, 
they drive me just as much as the people who sending positive vibe my way because I am determined to make them look like fools. So by completing the fast and not dying, you look like a fool. By going through the refeed and not getting refeeding sickness, refeeding edema, you look like a fool. Fool. By stepping on the scale each week and losing weight, you look like a fool. So I have absolutely no problem with that. It's motivation. There's negative motivation and there's positive motivation. It all worked the same way. I love your attitude regarding that, how you don't let the negativity get to you or be a barrier in helping you achieve your goals. I just had a question um, regarding something that a lot of people that have had a substantial amount of weight to lose and that have lost that weight struggle with loose skin. And I was just wondering if you could speak to that for our listeners, because I know um, people will be wondering about that, what your experience has been. Well, so far, I've gone from uh, 530 pounds um, on uh, December 11th to 292 pounds um just uh the past thursday which i believe was uh was the ninth or the or the eighth mm-hmm. of um of, of august and to be honest with you when i take off my shirt like there's slight signs of loose skins but it's not as egregious as i've seen um on the television shows like my 600 pound life and the skin surgery shows it's not there yet um, I'm figuring that by the time I hit 195, which is just another hundred and some odd pounds to go, it'll be more pronounced. But by the same token, I believe that autophagy through the fast have kept the loose skin down. And I also believe that if I continue doing the um, my OMAD lifestyle, like if any loose skin that does appear by the time I hit 195 will fade away over the next two, three years anyway. But as far as actual loose skin now, like I could take my shirt off and like it doesn't look like there's a lot of loose skin. Like everything looked like it's in place. Like I've always been this level of fat, not the 530 pound morbidly obese fat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it just speaks to the body's wisdom. You know, it it knows what to do, what to burn. And, you know, I know you're a big fan, obviously, of, of Dr. Jason Fung. And, uh, you know, I just love the way that he speaks of, of the body's wisdom. You know, you have all of this fat stored to burn. Why would the body burn its, its muscle and organs first? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. The myth of starvation mode has to die. If it you is have fat, Yes, yes, it is absolutely you know, a myth. Absolutely. The body is going to burn the fat first. And yeah, some of the protein, some of the things are actually this loose skin, the connective tissue, the, the, you know, the network of, of, you know, what the body set up to be able to support all of that. And it does need to burn, you know, so there will be some lean muscle, but it's not going to be what people believe it to be. So yeah, I, 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 I appreciate you doing it, John. You were, you know, one of those rare people like like an Angus Barbieri that was willing to step out on faith, willing to go in a direction that not too many people are willing to go. And, you know, you've uh, you've taken one for the team and proved, uh, you know, a lot of these principles that we talk about, you know, the body's wisdom, ketogenic diet, you know, yes. burning 
burning our body fat. So thank you. Thank you so much. And, and we're definitely going to keep up with you. want to keep up on your journey. I have absolutely no doubt that you're going to succeed. You're going to get to get to that weight goal that you set for yourself. But, you know, beyond that, just be absolutely healthy and, and just uh, leave a completely different legacy for your son and for your, you know, for your family. And we wanted to kind of end with that. We ask a lot of our, of our guests that, what would you say is the legacy that you want to leave for the world? The legacy I want to leave for the world. Um, the legacy I want to leave for, my, for the world, it really is, is my son, my child. Um, raise him to be an outstanding individual. And the only way I could do that is to be in his life. You know, at 530 pounds, I wouldn't be in a position to raise him. Not that, you know, his mother's not a wonderful mother and can't raise him. But like, you know, you do need, um, you know, your father in your life. Because I had my father throughout my life. You know, and he raised me to be the man I am. You know, he's gone now. But like the principles he instills in me, I'd like to pass on to my son, you know, because he he's and he's a different generation, you know, like, you know, he's raised at a time where like, you know, women take care of the kids, the man work and this, that he could be a bit chauvinistic, you know, but, you know, me in this generation, I've adapted and my son will adapt too to whatever the new norms is. But the thing is, like, you need to be there for your child to raise your child properly because I don't believe the way society is going, society, you know, it takes the village. I don't think society could raise our kids, you know, not the way it's going now. So you have to be there in the forefront. So my legacy will be, you know, aside from being the fasting fat man, aside from from being the person, the second longest fast in the recorded history, you know, saying behind Angus um, will be my son, you know. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I really appreciate you coming on today and, and sharing your journey. I think a lot of our listeners are going to benefit, especially speaking about the honesty related to the pain of obesity and the struggle that many people have with food and developing a better relationship with, with food. So I really commend you uh, for what you've done. I'm cheering you on all the way to the finish line. All and the way. All the way. All the way. All I'm the like, way. I'm like the Terminator now. All <laughs> the way. <laughs> well, John, thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, we will definitely be contacting you in the future to have you back on. And if there's any way that we could help or support you, let us know. And tell these guys where they can find you. Um, I am the fasting. On YouTube, you could just look me up. I'm the fasting fat man. The minute you put it up, I'll come up. Um you could uh, email me. I'm thefastingfatman at gmail.com. And um, my, ins- my Instagram is uh, fastingfatman, if I remember correctly. I'm not great with social media. My wife set up all the social media stuff because I am an uh, analog man living in the digital world, you know? <laughs> so, so the missus set up everything. But if you go to my uh, channel... Um, at the end of my videos, I put all my social media accounts. I mean, not the end of my video. I'm sorry. The comment section of my video, my social media accounts is there. So if you just go to the last video, go to the comment section, you'll find my Instagram, my Facebook. Oh, Facebook is easy. Facebook is fat, Fasting Fat Man. 
Not the Fasting Fat Man, just Fasting Fat Man, first and last name. Awesome. All right, John. Well, thank you so much, brother. We appreciate it. And you have a wonderful rest of the night. You yes. too. And thank you guys for having me. Take care. Take care. All right. Proud affiliate of Redmond Real Salt, the best tasting and most mineral rich salt on the market without the microplastics and other issues of conventional salts. See the show notes for 15% off your order. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today, Mind Body Breakthrough. Chris and I truly appreciate each and every one of you. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend and to join us in our free Mind Body Breakthrough Facebook community where you can start peeling away the layers of everything that's not you so you can be you.